Hello, episode 23. Thank you for joining me again. Now this week I've decided I'm going to give you a name because you're growing, ever growing in numbers. And so I thought just for fun, see if it sticks. I'm going, I was, I've been searching for a, for a group name for you all. So um, as lots of other podcasters have been, I listen to call their listeners by a, a group name. So I just thought I'd try this for fun. It probably won't stick. And you'll probably go, please don't give me a banner. I'm just a human. But anyway, so um, I've been searching and I was kind of trying to find something from the name. So I tried thinking and then from the name 40-somethings. And I thought, well, no, because a lot of you aren't 40-somethings. You're all ages. So that don't work. And then I thought about beginners. And I know definitely not all of you are beginners, to say the very least. So then I thought, what about guiders? Now, it does sound a bit like a blue badge, a blue badge, a blue badge tourist guide in London. Um, So I'm going to go with it anyway for now. So hello, guiders. (laughs) And thank you for joining me again. Um, just do keep subscribing. Um, the subscriptions are coming in from all around the world. Hello, Brazil and America are at the number one slots this week uh, in terms of listenership. Obviously, I can't trace you to your addresses and that would be weird. But no, this is just I can see uh, countries and uh, quite often cities where people are listening. So, uh, yes. Um, so yes, US and Brazil, well done. Other countries, tell all your friends. Let's bulk your numbers up too. Um, UK doing pretty well as well. Hello, home. So yes, keep subscribing, keep spreading the word, um, and leaving reviews where you can. Reviews are starting to pop up in places now. Um, I will remind you where again next week because I go through a long rigmarole every week about where to do it. And if you are regular listeners, then you know where to do it. Um, so please go ahead. Uh, and as I say, if you want to contact me directly, please do through via my website or via Twitter. Um, follow me, send me a message. Um, somebody has been trying, a couple of people have been trying to contact me via Skype and I'm only going to reply to you if I know who you are. I'm more than happy to chat you on Skype, but I'm not sure who you are. So maybe if you could send me some information about yourself, um, if uh, if you're looking to chat or be a guest, then find me <laughs> find me by my website um, or, or drop me an email. Um, anyway, more details on how to review next week. Um, I just have to say, it's been quite a journey already. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying podcasting um, right from the very first episode, which I didn't even really call an episode then, to having Steve Nullen, otherwise known as Margaret Thatcher, and then obviously last week, the glorious Tempest de Jour from RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and if you haven't heard either of those episodes, do jump back and listen. Um, another one to recommend. Um, I know people have found quite interesting and uh, have have been kind of moved, not moved to tears, but have been moved to hear um, a backstory of uh, gay UK history is uh, is that 
episode and it's uh, called Gay UK Love, Life and Liberty. So go back and listen to that. But also Tempest Jour and Steve Nunn are good ones if you are joining me late in the day. Um, but I just wanted to thank all my guests so far, right back from Kieran, right through to Tempest. Um, and thank you to all of you for listening. I genuinely, genuinely do appreciate you taking the time and to subscribe. And it really does mean a hell of a lot to me. Um, and uh, I, I hope that I give you back something in return. And each week I am at least giving you something small in a day to look forward to, even if it's just during a coffee break or in a commute. I always talk about listening on commutes because that's what I do a lot. Anyway, thanks, gang. Today, weather report is rain followed by more rain and then more rain. Typical English summer's day. It's a little bit chilly. Chilly's not the word, but it's just cooler and it's torrential rain today. So, hurrah, and I think it's going to be around for a while. Um, things to look forward to. I always give you the things to look forward to. It's definitely not rain. I am off to a wedding with Keith this weekend. It's not ours. That's uh, We've been doing lots of wedding planning of our own. We've now booked a wedding DJ. All done. I've even started choosing songs. I know that's kind of not the first port of call for everybody, but music for me is a major part of any event. And it's a major event. And I want to get it right. So we've started there. Um, and then we have to deal with uh, save the dates and invites and all that so there's lots to do but yes so this weekend we are going to a wedding in a place called Ludlow in Shropshire which is uh, upper middle uh, England I suppose is the best way to describe it and it's very pretty and our friends David and Emma are getting married on Saturday David and Emma congratulations in advance this is now lockdown in history. This was the week that you got married. Anyway, looking forward to seeing you. Or I probably have already seen you by the time you guys listen to this. Anyway, and I digress. So I have a couple of recommendations, quick ones this week. Um, the first one is Don's La Radio or In The Radio by Jacques or Jacques If depending where you are from and how you would like to pronounce it. I would say Jacques. It's J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Anyway, it's that name, Jacques Jacques. Um, and it's called In The Radio. And it's so much fun and it really, really cheers me up. It's not the normal kind of song that I would be choosing and it's uh, as far away from the, some of the darker, more indie uh, choices that I have given you in the past but it's loads of fun and it really does cheer me up um, I'm going to make sure that's on the wedding list and it should be at all parties from now on and, I'm, and I've listened to it whilst I'm running and it's just a great perky song especially when times are hard so go and check that out on iTunes and then also this week uh, we have been trying to be very good and we haven't been socialising. Uh, we are off to the theatre tonight. I'm probably doing this podcast in two sections today. Um, the first part is pre-Perestroika, pre-watching Angels in America Part 2. And then the next part will be recorded post 
uh, either this evening, late, or tomorrow morning. Anyway, um, in the meantime, uh, uh, when we're not going to the theatre, not being in the theatre, we have started watching a show called Ozark on Netflix. And I have been told off for spoilering one particular show by a certain person and I'm not going to spoiler it so I'm not really going to tell you that much about it all I'll say is it's worth watching it stars Laura Linney and Jason Bateman who is also very pleasing to the eye and the mind so do go and check that out two very good actors and a very in-depth slightly complex script Um, and I'd say if you're a fan of Breaking Bad it's probably one to go to big recommendation Anyway, so that's my recommendations for this week. Now, I was going to talk this week um, about um, queer art exhibition at Tate Britain. I was going to go and review it and, 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 and talk to you about that because, as I say, the one that I did from the British Library, the Gay UK one... Uh, people really appreciated, people really enjoyed, and I've had lots of really good feedback from that. So I was going to do something similar to that, but um, something I I wasn't going to talk about, but I am. So here goes. Uh, I was on the way to visit my mother in the care home the other day, and I had some comments thrown at me, some comments batty boy comments I've not had that for quite a while um I was walking down um an alleyway between two main roads to get to where this care home is and there was one chap who uh got off a bus and was pretty much I had my headphones in trying to listen to a podcast but I could kind of hear some kind of growling it sounded like a growling noise is all I'm going to describe it as and as I walked in and I I kind of have learnt to just uh, kind of I don't know it's not switch it out or ignore it as such but to, to, to not meet danger halfway to not meet threats halfway and I thought it's one guy on his own anyway as I turned into this alleyway there was another guy on a bike kind of in a little if an alleyway can have a lay-by, it was a lay-by. Um, and they were clearly just, it wasn't It wasn't a plan, but uh, one made a reference to me to the other, and then the other said, and I could see him even and hear him through my headphones, him saying uh, something, something about Batty Boy. And I was in an alleyway, and I did feel really uncomfortable. And I walked on, and I let it go. Um, but... I wanted to do something and I couldn't do anything. I felt threatened, but I didn't want to show it. Um, I thought, be mindful, walk strong, do all the things that you're told to do. Um, But it did promptly. I came out the other side, I was fine. They didn't attack me, but it was a threat. And it did bring me to mind that this last couple of months, we're celebrating Pride and I'm going to a, a Pride in Margate very soon that I've talked about um, and there's lots of positives and, and, and I do want to be positive um, and I don't want to, to put fear or, or stress into anybody's lives but I feel it's something we have to talk about 
because it happens um, and I wanted to talk about it. It happened to me. It's happened to me before and it's been scarier before. But however, if we don't talk about it, if we do shrug our shoulders and let it go, which you have to do to a certain degree at that time on the day, as long as you're not physically hurt or attacked, then that at that moment you walk away from it. I would like to say that you turned around and you uh, gave as good as you got, but I don't necessarily think that's always the best method. I think you can definitely, if you feel threatened enough, you can get away from the situation and report it to the police as quickly as possible. And I think that's definitely something people should do. Because who knows, if those guys have done that before, they may have not, they may have, they, they, it was just a comment. But however, as I am going to talk about uh, a show that I've watched about this very subject after it happened, uh, and have done a bit of research, is that you have to, for your, the sake of your mental health, you have to acknowledge and you have to do something about it. Because as as this person on this show mentioned, that it starts with a comment, a batty boy comment, a queer, a bender comment, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, and it can escalate. Um, and so we should be, and it's not about being PC, and people call people names in the world, and yes, that is part of being a human being, but... Uh, there, there is a. If you feel a threat, you need to talk about it and you need to report it to police. So yes, um, weirdly enough, my friend uh, Chris Withers, hello Chris, um, brought this to my attention on his Facebook feed. He mentioned this show um, about uh, it's it's part of the Gay Britannia season, and uh, it's been very enlightening and a lot of positivity a lot of history and some of it's not been so positive but uh you know because that our history isn't necessarily the most positive but uh how safe is it to be gay in the uk and he'd posted this link to the show um and then he's briefly in it and i'd forgotten that him and uh i think he was with his partner had not so long ago uh, had a, a homophobic incident in the street um, and he's fine um, but uh, but he is he is actually he does appear briefly in this show um, talking about his experience just very briefly but um, so it made me go to the show and I thought this is quite relevant considering I've just been through something though I wasn't physically attacked that as part of the pride, celebrations we need to to talk about this side of things and it is part of the experience of of being a 40 something gay man in the UK in 2017 most of the time it's fine but once in a while if it's if it's even if it's not violent it does give you a reminder that there is an underlying level of homophobia that still exists in the UK um so I think it's it's time to talk about it. Now, I have had varying degrees of homophobia over the years and um, 
luckily the one that probably was the most that comes to mind at the moment there may be others that may come to me but I'm just talking off the cuff now um, the, the one that I, I, I remember the most was I was with a group of friends um, in the uh, early to mid 90s I suppose um, in uh, in Soho and um, uh, there was a, a group of for want of better description a group of lads 20 something lads I suppose um, who uh, who started uh, calling us a lot of names um, though th there was a group I think it was probably six of us I think at that point and there was probably a similar number of them and so in theory you know you could say that we could turn around and we could have had a, a West Side Story style um, face off but of course you don't want to do that and these people are quite often psychotic and you don't know what they're going to do so anyway um, it went on to the point that we were chased um, as I say there was the conversation afterwards that we could have turned around and uh, and given as good enough, given as good as we've got but I think wisely we didn't and it's not that we were um, frightened fairies, as uh, somebody once described uh, me and another friend. But um, yeah, it's just it's, I, again. I, as I say, it was it was the it was uh, fight or flight, and flight I think is quite often in that scenario the best uh, best option. Not necessarily when you're dealing with uh, mental concerns and you have the fight or flight feeling, and sometimes it's better if you're in a, obviously if you're in a, a work situation, and I'm not talking about homophobia. I'm talking about mentally, the the, the reaction that the body has, fight or flight, and that uh, you know it's there for a good reason. And sometimes fight, as I say, if you're in a stressful audition or inter job interview or a scenario which you don't particularly feel comfortable in and the fight kicks in and that quite often can help you get through it and it's kind of it's uh, it's tempering the, the fight to a point that it can be useful to you anyway I definitely am digressing um talking about my experiences and there's been others and there's been lots of name calling over the years um it's it doesn't happen all the time but I'm talking about in my whole lifetime from school right through to to this incident that I had in the alleyway the other day um I've been shoved. Um, I have been once. I remember being punched in the arm um, by some year, much younger men who I was coming out of a gay bar again. This was in the nineties, and uh, one of them punched me in the arm. Not particularly hard, but it was just it shocked me a bit, and they they ran off. So I didn't have a chance to do anything anyway. Um, so there, 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 and there's probably lots of other incidents, and friends of mine will probably remind me after I've uh, released this podcast. But anyway, these are just things that are coming to mind. And I have just remembered Chris uh, Withers' experience. He was on uh, the, I think it's now called the Jubilee Bridge, the Hungerford Bridge, um, from the uh, South Bank to Charing Cross Station in London. And uh, that's where he had an incident. And I think it was one guy. Um, I should probably get um, Chris on to talk 
about this and I may indeed do that down the line but anyway um, he's all right but uh, shook him up um, anyway for, for the rest of you to go and look at this show that I've been talking about how safe is it to be gay in the UK um, is on BBC iPlayer and as I say it's part of the Gay Britannia season and it's it's quite shocking I was I was shocked too and shocked and just reminded because it was a few incidents put together but however they were pretty serious um, there were two uh, young men who live in Brighton called James and Dane um, and uh, you know he, he uh, that they talk about coming out at school and how school was not a problem for them and, and that in this day and age actually coming out of school was the least of their worries and they uh, they met on Grinder and they were really happy uh, school wasn't complicated and then they had this occasion a bank holiday weekend in Brighton now Brighton for people who aren't from the UK Brighton is considered the uh, it claims to be the gay capital of the UK um, and uh, considering the size of the city there are a lot of gay people there and it does a lot of the time feel like one of the most gay friendly gay positive places to be um there are areas where you like any city really i suppose where you probably would not feel quite as comfortable um not that should necessarily stop you but anyway that personally that would be my take on some of the streets of Brighton but the majority of it there's um, there's a whole area called Kemptown or Camp Town as some people in Brighton like to call it um, they're, they're bars and clubs and restaurants in fact spread throughout the whole Brighton and, and Hove area and it's a place that is very dear to my heart my sister lived there I've spent a lot of time there over the years and it is a place I escaped to but these gentlemen who live there um, they're only young I'd say they're in their 20s they probably did say their age I didn't know their age but they were having a bank holiday weekend in Brighton and it's a coastal town by the way for, for people from uh, who aren't from the UK it's uh, it's on the Sussex coast and I have mentioned it before I'm sure so have a look on a map anyway it's a, it's a fun place most of the time but these gentlemen were having a bank holiday weekend in Brighton in their hometown with a couple of really lovely uh, female friends of theirs and they're out dancing with them and they noted these two guys who start started watching them in in this club and shouting gay boy at them which clearly wasn't news to them but however it was it was threatening and, and their friends noted and said these guys aren't right and they really are glaring at you and you need to be safe and apparently they'd said to their friends they felt like something wasn't right in the air anyway that evening um and these these the attackers uh, they left the club and they very quickly noted that they were chasing them along brighton seafront which is a place that i've walked along with many gay people over the years um either in twos or in groups and you just never think well i don't i don't ever feel particularly threatened doing that there Brighton of all places um, and uh, and one of them started they they, 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 they knocked them down um, one of them started kicking the um, James one of the 
the uh, the the gay gents in the face extremely hard, uh, really really kicking, and the term is kicking the shit out of them, and uh, and and they well and truly did, absolutely appalling. Um, apparently, a taxi saw this going on and called the police, but uh, Dane, I think, is is his name, and, and he couldn't couldn't see. Um, as he got up, he said that he couldn't see. Um, and it's just it's just just it actually dumbfounded, as you can probably hear, it dumbfounds me. Um, but I think it's actually no, I think it was James who was the uh, who was the who was the gentleman who who'd um, who couldn't see. Dane was his uh, was the boyfriend was the other gentleman. Um, but yes, James. I'm sorry, uh, James had had a shattered eye socket um uh, a broken nose amongst loads of other things and apparently he didn't know if he was gonna see again and, and the doctors he was saying to the doctors will i see again and they just said we just can't tell you at this point because your your eyes are so swollen and so damaged um and it was eight weeks before his eyesight returned um and then it it took longer for it to return properly, but before there was any sign of it, I mean, they're both they're both very strong young men, and I take my hats off to them for going on this show and talking about it because it's still clearly really tough on them, um, and has affected their relationship. And um, I think James has seems to have almost gotten stronger from his attack and though he went through and nearly lost his eyesight it seems to have made him even more determined to just go out and be himself um whereas his partner is 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 feeling a lot less so um and uh and and doesn't feel he can wear um bright and colorful clothes anymore for instance because he doesn't want to to stand out and i i totally get it um why somebody would want to keep themselves um, unnoticed. Um, I, I, I have fought with that myself. And sometimes my friends will tell you I, I am really out there. But if I'm not feeling particularly confident that day, um, and, I, and I still struggle with this myself, I'm really honest, sometimes I do say to myself, do I want to be seen in the streets today and as a as a as a gay man which is incredible that i even have to even that it that thought runs through my head and that's probably something i need to talk to a therapist about down the line but sometimes i'm aware of it sometimes i catch myself um but like anyway i can understand why uh why he would want to to sort of after such a vicious attack want to just keep a low profile um the attackers ended up getting seven years in prison um i think they should have gotten life and throw away the key but however um i truly hope that they manage to repair themselves completely and that life gets better and that eventually the incident is something that i think probably doing the interview that they did on this show 
will hopefully be helpful. But anyway, I wanted to share this with you and I say do go and watch the show if you are definitely if you're in the UK. Um, and even if you're not, um, I know, as I said before, I know that uh, people in the US have managed to uh, download things from BBC iPlayer. So do check it out. Um, there was also uh, another couple, uh, two ladies, um, Alex and Becky, and they're a married couple. And they are just lovely, lovely, lo lovely ladies. Um, and they they were attacked in Croydon, which is in South London, last year. Um, and apparently their, their main attacker lived 15 minutes away from them, which is frightening. But they also have a, a six-year-old little boy. And they had to explain their black eyes and bruises to their child, which is just horrific. Um, that any parent should have to explain that to a child because their parents were just being their parents. Um, this, this one, two, I think it was two gentlemen and one gentleman wasn't really, gentleman is not the word, two men. Um, one of them said that he liked, he liked lesbians, I think, and, and was trying to get them to, to snog, to kiss. Um, and they were having none of it. And so of course, and saying, no, no, we're, we're all right. And there was the two, the, the, the married women and then two of their mates were with them two of their friends were with them um, and these two guys started to grope them um, and uh, it just became it just turned extremely nasty and they um, and, and they beat on Alex and Becky um, it's just all these incidents and, and, and I will and, and I as I say, I don't really want to to depress, but I do feel it's it's important to bring this up um, because I'm sure a lot of my listeners have probably had verbal abuse as well. And as I say, there are ways and means to to to, to block it, and sometimes you have to, to have a level of of just getting on with it because that's all we can do in life, whatever life throws throws at us. But. Um, it's just there were kind of on this particular show there was a lot of talk about um the, the different types of attack there was one woman who was attacked um with a, with a scaffold pole was beaten down to the floor with a scaffold pole um and just how two men can can couldn't attack any human being in that way but especially because of their fear and it is quite often I think based in fear a misunderstanding of what um, a gay person or a lesbian or a transgendered person or, or whatever you whoever, however you want to class yourself people who are different from them and they can't understand it they won't understand it and sometimes I think there is a level where these people are probably potentially attracted by it and that scares them and so this is how they act. I'd say that's a reason some of these things happen. I mean, I think the whole the whole thing of gay pride and gay Britannia, and um, it's just that there are moments that you think, well, not you think that you should feel safe, and you. I want everybody to feel safe in the streets and to enjoy their lives and to be out and proud because that's what this podcast is about. But um, 
I just that there is an element of that the fight continues and that we need to talk um, about the fight continuing and being a community and sticking together and 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 not having and having a lot less of the intercommunity bickering for want of better description and that we all get on with it and stick together and I know the world doesn't necessarily work like that anymore but maybe it should maybe we need to go back to some of the older values of just being a community and 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 maybe I need to do more about it myself <laughs> but it does kind of make uh, talking about my wedding and it's a really positive wonderful thing that I'm really looking forward to and people from all around the world are coming to but the the, the um, being called batty boy in the street the other day and then listening to these people's stories and their of their horrific attacks in the UK it makes me feel more than ever that my wedding is 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 so important um and and that it's it's it is to celebrate our love but it is also to to make a statement to the world um now, I don't want to talk about this for too long, but there was another um, uh, guy in Margate who... And, you know, say, I talk about Margate, I'm going to Margate Pride, and they asked him, how does it feel to be gay in Margate? And he said, it's awful, it's like the worst place in the world. And you can see when he talks about his experience, essentially, he'd moved into a flat um, to be independent, uh, away from his gran, and uh, the, the other guy living in the flat attacked him with the hammer um, and he said it was due to him having a psychotic episode um, apparently it happened at four in the morning and the guy had just moved in cleaned up the flat because it was a mess and this other guy came in went to his bedroom and stuck a hammer in his head <laughs> the guy he's called Connor and he's a brave soul and he's alive um and the guy who attacked him was apparently a strict catholic came from a very strict catholic background and um that has any uh is any excuse um and the guy got 19 years for uh for attempted murder i mean as i say this show is really shocking um but again it's something that and I, I'll keep saying it, it, it the, hearing a story like that and this guy's only young luckily he now has a boyfriend who he's getting married to and who he says has, has made his life a lot better but he now suffers ongoing problems and epilepsy and things and things that will never leave him um, thank goodness they've managed to save him really and he was in a coma for weeks and weeks and weeks um, and it also reminds me of something that happened in the centre of London um, on the 25th of September 2009 to a gentleman called Ian Bainham and a lot of this was his sister who is also who is a lesbian um, talked on this show very frankly about him being attacked in Trafalgar Square and I remember this a lot and I went to a candlelit vigil not long afterwards and it was very emotional um, and he was again it was he was being apparently uh, allegedly 
being called uh, a fucking faggot by um, by a couple of girls and a guy sat on a wall in Trafalgar Square. Trafalgar Square, if you haven't been to London, is kind of almost the heart of London. Nelson's Column, it's one of the most touristy places. It's always busy day and night. And there were people around when this happened, which makes it even more shocking. And why more people didn't join in, but I think from listening to an eyewitness, he didn't actually understand and thought it was a a personal argument um, because one of the girls kind of went for him, went for Ian because he'd said, so I'm, I'm gay, so what kind of thing? Um, and the girl went for him and she started hitting him with his handbag. And so to defend himself, he grabbed the handbag from her. Um, so she kicked him and then I think he was trying to defend himself and then this guy called Joel who should be named and shamed um, punched him so hard that he went down onto the floor and and wasn't moving and the eyewitness said that he saw uh, the, the he once he hit the ground he didn't move and even though he wasn't moving and not that they'd done the job but they'd already caused enough damage the one girl started jumping on him and kicking him in continually even though he wasn't moving um, and his friend who was with him who was nearby probably terrified said that he'd seen uh, blood coming from his ears and this is in busy Trafalgar Square in the centre of liberal London this happens and again I don't want to put the wind up people I don't want people to be frightened but I just want people to be aware that this stuff happens even in our most liberal cities and it's just another one of the many fights that we have in the world at the moment and that to, to, to not forget hopefully you don't encounter anything anything ever and if you can go through life without without homophobia touching you that's wonderful um, I think it's quite difficult if you live in a busy city even in a very liberal city uh, it will happen sometimes because where there's uh, where there's a li- I don't want to say liberalism because that has so many connotations but where there is freedom and acceptance in a city it will also bring with it people who do not want that to be there um, and uh, yeah and so the opposite will appear um, anyway unfortunately he was taken to uh, to the Royal London Hospital and was in intensive care and then uh, 18 days later Ian Bainham died but his sister was very strong to talk about it and she's made her she she's set up action groups and she's an extremely strong woman but she does talk about missing her brother and there's there's a lot of pictures of them as kids and you just see this these are just we're all just human beings and it's quite shocking anyway um, the uh, the two girls, Becky and Alex, at the end of the show, you discover they moved to Nottingham. They moved away from Croydon, and they're going to kind of have a fresh start there. And as I say, Connor, the guy in Margate, has a boyfriend. Um, and the two two gentlemen in Brighton, they um kind of is an ongoing thing for them. Um, but so these are survivors, apart from me, and sadly. The rest are survivors. And so people do survive, um, as people do from a lot of horrific things that happen in the world. But 
I suppose to sum up this bit of the podcast, because I I don't want to spend my whole podcast uh, bringing myself down or bringing you down, but I just feel sometimes I will have to have these moments. If you don't like, if, if it makes you angry, sad, too sad to listen to, I, I totally appreciate if you want to jump ahead and listen to another podcast where I have a guest or I'm talking about something more fun, which I'm about to do very soon. Um, but yes, just finally, sort of leading to a, actually to an extra recommendation is that uh, the whole Gay Britannia season on the BBC, um, I've seen a few things. There was a dramatisation of a case, um, uh, it was called Against the Law, um, uh, of a case of two gentlemen, Peter Wildblood and Ed McNally, who uh, it was it was basically about their their relationship being brought to the to the public forum, shall we say, and dragged through the court, um, uh, put into prison, um, and essentially just for being gay um, in 1952. But the positive side of the story is it, it led to the case, led to the Wolfenden Report, which is a well-known report in the UK, which is where change began for us. Um... So it ended with a with a positive at the beginning of something positive. Um, there was also a show called Fifty Years of Gay um, in Brighton, and all about the positive side of Brighton. So I've said about the one the, 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 that negative incident in Brighton, but there is a lot of positives and the positive of gay Brighton history. So watch that if you want to counterbalance. It's it does show Brighton for what it is and what a wonderful place it is and my love to Brighton all my love to Brighton. Um, and uh, there was another show called Queer as Art, which was just about people in music and pop culture and, and, and indeed art um, that have influenced and affected the world at large. And then there's loads of dramas I have yet to watch that I'm kind of holding back on so I don't watch the whole thing in one go. Um, and as I am uh, head in theatre at the moment, I will probably save those. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to uh, have a tea break and then I'll be back probably later on with all the info on part two of Angels in America. And thank you for bearing with me. And as I say, if you do have any thoughts on anything I've discussed, please do feel to send me a message or even if it's just a private message to chat through things. And if I can be of any help or support to anyone, um, please feel free to reach out. Well, I'm back and it's the next day. Um, yes, it, it, it was a, it was a, four hour 15 minute show um it didn't feel like that but obviously by the time i got back i wasn't able to continue recording because it was too late and i would have disturbed uh, keith and the neighbors anyway um to to go straight to perestroika angels in america part two was i personally enjoyed it even more than part one i don't know if that was because i wasn't rehearsing myself the next day as i was as was the case the last time um but i i, I thought both parts were amazing but part two as i say four hours 15 minutes i think it was and it flew by um and yeah uh all I can say is, is it's it's a hundred percent recommendation. It is playing in cinemas um, around the UK and I think around the world. Um, so do do watch this production. I have heard rumours that it's going to be on. There's going to be a 
Broadway production. I don't know if it would be the same people, um, the same cast. But anyway, just to watch this particular cast, uh, I'm sure Nathan Lane will go with it. Anyway, it was superb. Andrew Garfield um, is he's just it just gobsmacked. He's he's incredible. Um, he's so moving and genuinely funny and um, and such a strong performance. I haven't seen a performance like that in theatre for a long time, and I, I I don't gush. I gush about a lot of film and TV shows, but very rarely gush about actors and theatre actors, though they are kind of quite often the actors that I'm most interested in. So it takes a lot of me to gush, but Andrew Garfield just... Uh, it's, it's... Yeah, breathtaking. Amazing. Um, I could sit and watch just his sections of the show again. Um, a friend of mine... I posted how much I'd liked it, and a friend of mine said that it was like watching a masterclass in acting. Though you aren't really aware that he's... You're not thinking about, oh, isn't he a good actor? Because that would be... That does happen sometimes, and that's okay. But I was just involved in the character and totally with the character prior. Um, so, again, if you get a chance at a cinema um, or... Well, if, if, it, if any of them go to Broadway with it and you're going to be in Broadway when it's on there, then go and see it. Um, anyway, I, I absolutely loved it. Also, um, Russell Tovey fans will be very happy, is all I'll say. <laughs> um, and Susan Brown is also incredible as um, Ethel Rosenberg and Hannah Pitt. It's just... Yeah, I mean the whole the whole cast. Um, Nathan Lane, as I said before, is 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 of course um, it, <laughs> that that is that kind of is a masterclass in 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 acting. Um, and yeah, the, the whole James McArdle, the whole cast, uh, are wonderful. Um, so go see it anyway. And I'm not going to say any more because again, I did inadvertently give some spoilers the last time so I'm moving on from that anyway wonderful show um five stars another point that I can't really not address this week is um Trump's proposed ban on transgender in the military service in the US um that he seemed to have announced through a tweet and that all his aides and everybody around him had no idea that this was about to be announced. And there have been, I've heard all sorts of theories and rumours that it was put out to, to distract us from something bigger. Well, it sounds like the bigger thing, well, there's always a big thing. Um, and I don't talk about politics very often. As I say, I try and stay away from it and steer away from it because... That, that there is a podcast there are many podcasts that do this but however this time I have to I have to I have to bring it up um, at my shock and horror and that it just keeps getting worse over there um, I am going to express my opinion and my opinion this time is that he should be impeached and that 
he's just not all there. He's clearly not of a sound mind. Um, f- kind of almost above and beyond the politics because some of the, the decisions he's making are so irrational, rash, and 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 where they're coming from and that the, the people around him don't know he's even making the decisions that he's making them via Twitter. Is that the world we live in? I mean, the good news is that um, apparently 56 retired US generals um, and other kind of senior officers have said they are opposed to uh, Donald Trump's announcement on transgender stuff. Um, and that a lot of people are, the majority of people are against it. Um, I don't know where that, where that leaves it, where that leaves his proposed bill, where it, where it stands um, and where it stands on him. Anyway, um, I had to, again, it's, it's been quite a, an up and down podcast this week. And as regular listeners know, it's, it's not always like this, but I think this time it is sometimes I've got to share an opinion because it's just again I'm shocked and horrified by the man anyway there's my opinion there moving on to something more fun yeah so this last section because I'm gonna wind up soon it's just a bit of a question for all of you out there the listeners is as a man of 40 something um (laughs) the expectations to what you wear and what, how you should dress, and uh, what's suitable, and what's, and I'm, obviously, I am of an opinion, usually, that you dress how you want, when you want, as long as you're not exposing yourself to the world in any way that the world doesn't want to see. Um, I sometimes wear quite, I can go from being quite sort of greys and blues, I love blue, I love navy clothes, to to being uh, to greys to to being into uh, I have a a favorite t-shirt at the moment that's bright pink and it has a um a rainbowed colored bulldog on it and I love it and it's fun um and it's comfortable and uh it's kind of appropriate for pride season and I have seen people looking at me wearing it um and obviously going back to what we were talking about before is that sometimes do I have to think about what I wear in case people, in case homophobic people make decisions um, on and make comments on what I'm wearing, but actually, you know, screw them, really. Um, but is no, this is more about um, age, age appropriateness, whether that's age appropriate um, and, and, and what that means. I mean, I like to wear trainers. Um, I wear white trainers, which I'm told by various uh, men's style magazines because I've been looking at this recently um, is that uh, white trainers are okay but anything else um, with any more colour uh, and too much design becomes inappropriate for a man well over 30 forget over 40 and I don't feel that I'm that drastically different and maybe that's something with me maybe that lies with me but maybe what are your opinions especially if there are, are other men um of a similar age, in fact, anyone over 40, do share your opinions with me um, via Twitter and how you think, what are your opinions? Are? Do we, do we, 
do we have to calm it down do we have to wear more stayed colors as we get older i'm not sure a lot of the vice advice that um like for instance gq magazine uh seem to say that you shouldn't have uh, full-on print t-shirts and i do because i have the bowie t-shirts i have bowie t-shirts i have prince t-shirts i'm not going to stop wearing those um and my and my dog t-shirt but uh, that uh, you should have small bursts of of color with pocket squares and scarves and things and i've got all that as well um and i think that's great but then when magazines like gq talk about what we should be wearing and how you can have uh sort of more somber colors uh the pictures the people they print pictures of are daniel craig david beckham um the <laughs> those kind of people uh jude law and those people have the money to wear very nicely cut um slightly more somber clothes so they get the best cuts whereas um an average joe like the rest of us doesn't necessarily have the money to be able to have um, perfectly fitted suits um, for every occasion. I mean, uh, let's face it, Beckham has jeans made for him, um, as does Daniel Craig, I'm sure. And yes, they look very good for their age. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, I really would like to hear your opinions. Um, Guys, girls, gay, straight, generally what you all think on on how men should dress so i put it out out there to you um chat to me on twitter or via my website or via soundcloud top right hand corner envelope um and obviously yes as i say people like daniel craig it looks great daniel craig's 47 and he's very handsome and there's a lot of time and effort put into maintaining his image um in fact he's probably older than that now he's probably older than maybe he's older than me anyway um yeah so i do want to hear your opinions on that should we be able to dress us how we want and finally today is to answer um one of the listeners questions and this one came in via email from v wilson i don't know any more than that than the name v wilson but v wilson thank you very much for sending in your question and the question is as an actor do you have a favorite musical that you've appeared in or that you love to watch well v wilson um yes to both um i've i'm not i'm i'm not massively an mt which for people uh who aren't in the industry mt just purely stands for musical theatre but people refer to MT um I've appeared in musicals over the years um ones that come to mind are um well the first one was uh, the first one ever when I was a wee child was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat um that was lots of fun um I think and I think I was quite good I can't tell you so long ago um oh my goodness other things i've done oh uh, when i was at drama school i did a musical called jack the ripper jack the ripper the musical and i loved that i had a great time in that it was a great cast and uh, i i really enjoyed that that was one of my favorite shows at drama school so uh i enjoyed that 
Um, I was in Fiddler on the Roof at the Wimbledon Theatre in London um, back in the late 90s, I think it was. Um, my favourite that I've been in was uh, was kind of an offbeat musical. It was written by a gentleman called Nigel Fares and it was at the Brighton Festival in the Marlborough Theatre in Brighton. And the show was called Oedipus the Queen and it's probably my personal favourite as far as being in a musical um and it was uh a an 50s and i think 80s uh take on the oedipus story um essentially i was playing jocasta um but the character was known as leonard Leonard was the Jocasta of the story. So those who know the Oedipus story and know about who Jocasta is, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I got to sing a song about being proud and gay, dancing around with a feather duster, um, which I highly enjoyed, Camperama. Um, so that was the favourite that I appeared in. Again, a uh, lovely group of people, and, and uh, it was a particularly happy time for me um but as far as shows that i love an obvious one that comes to mind is the film version of evita because i watched that at a time when i was particularly in love with madonna and a lot of people would say "Mm, it's not so good i thought it was a good performance she's probably not the greatest actress in the world but in that film i thought she was very good and uh and uh, and it was it was it was filmed beautifully um, so Evita um, and I love the music Into the Woods Stephen Sondheim um, is another favourite um, and I've watched that many times um, The Wiz I loved that when I was much younger um, with Michael Jackson and Diana Ross etc but as far as things on stage probably Bizarrely, talking about Tony Kushner, who wrote Angels in America, was a musical that he wrote the book and lyrics for called Caroline or Change, which I uh, we also saw at the National. And it was, again, it was superb and it was very clever. Um, Caroline or Change, and it's set in 19... early 60s. Um, and uh, it's... It's kind of about race conflicts and um, of that time, of the early 60s, and um, black people working for white people um, as uh, maids and um, cleaners, etc. Um, it's got Motown music in it. It's kind of blues. Um, there's a lot of Jewish, traditional Jewish music. Uh, spiritual music and say Tony Kushner wrote the book and a lady called Janine Tesori wrote the music and it's so powerful Um, I would definitely track that down or if it's ever playing in a town near you go and see it Um, there there, there's a scene well a few scenes in a laundry room and the laundry room is great because the dryer and the washing machines all have soul voices. They have these incredible voices. Um, and it's just really very clever. Um, so again, Tony Kushner, 
wins <laughs> with this one. Um, so yes, favourite musical is Caroline or Change. Now keep your questions rolling in. As I say, I'm going to kind of answer the easier ones. There are some that have come through that are a little bit more long-winded and I'll come back to them. As I say, I want to make a podcast where it is just uh, me chatting to you directly. Um, and I might even think about giving you a call um, and uh, answering some questions with you in person. That might be fun. But anyway, keep them rolling in um, to all the usual places and keep subscribing and spreading the word and again I do thank you all for for being listeners and coming back each week um I have uh some fun guests coming up uh who will all will be revealed very soon um but in the meantime have a wonderful week and stay positive I've had a lot of said a lot of things that might be construed as being a little bit negative this week but you know what it's good, it's good to talk, as they say, and um, I hope that you appreciate and enjoy me sharing my thoughts with you, and I do want to hear yours. But anyway, as I say, stay positive, have a wonderful week, wherever you are in the world, and I really look forward to hearing from you all, and I'll speak to you next week, same time, gang. Thanks again. Thanks again.